You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In this episode, Candace and Cher begin the discussion of body hatred and how we come to relate to and feel about our bodies. Both Candace and Cher process their own stories and invite their listeners to be curious about their own body perceptions and how they developed. Listen in to this three-part series where you will find that healing is possible, where there has once been body shame and hatred. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. Good to see you. Good to see you today. I kind of have a funny story. Well, at least it's been kind of funny for us as we've processed a little bit, but just a glimpse of how this works for us when we're putting an episode together and we record it. And then after that, we both listen to it because we've always wanted to give each other the liberty to say, I don't feel comfortable with this or I'm not ready to release this. And so we, we've just done that, like to help us both feel confident and safe that we really want to put something out. A few days ago, we recorded this episode on body hatred and we both listened and I was about halfway through listening and I thought, I'm kind of bored. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that we didn't have good content because I loved our content. It's a sacred topic. And I felt like we wanted to be so careful that we were speaking so slow. Yes. And so when I called you to say, okay, let's kind of talk about how we're feeling. And there were several things that we both concluded that we really agreed on a hundred percent. And so we decided that we wanted to come back and just have this episode more about really our own personal journeys of how we've related to our body. And, you know, there may be a little bit of teaching and sharing some hope in this, but we really want to just kind of talk about our own personal journeys today. It's okay. I'm just going to start out asking you the question. When did you become aware of how you felt about your body? Yeah. And I, and I'll say before I start, like it, even as we talked about this beforehand, I feel a lot of vulnerability talking about it. I think when it comes to talking about our deeply personal feelings about our own body, it's very vulnerable even though I've done a lot of work around this, going back to how I felt and what I struggled with. It's it's a little daunting to put it out on the podcast. And I want to, because I know that this is a huge and an important topic for everyone, probably. And I want to let my voice be heard. I will say that I think as I was a young child, I I liked my body okay, but I really wanted to be a boy. I was a tomboy. I was my brother's shadow. I was with my dad all the time. I, I did not really have a sense of identification with my mom. And I grew up in my younger years very much rejecting the fact that I was a girl did not want to be a girl, hated wearing a dress, did not play with dolls, even though there was a lot of coercion from my mom to be more girly. I had no desire, but it wasn't that I didn't like my body. 
I think it was when I hit junior high that I can very distinctly remember seeing a picture of myself. Um, I was walking across a, a football field after a football game, and I remember just seeing that picture and feeling a lot of shame and, and just went into this downhill spiral of dissecting my body from top to bottom of every single thing about that photo that I hated. And that's the first time I remember actually consciously feeling a lot of shame. Now, I think I I cut off from my body and dissociated from my body a lot throughout childhood and in the context of childhood abuse and sexual abuse. But this was the first time that I remember consciously really, really hating my body and just tearing it apart and speaking harsh words of hatred about myself. Mm -hmm. Understanding your more of your stories and hearing more of your stories and knowing that when someone has been sexually abused, physically abused, the, the abuse, the attention has gone literally towards the physical body, right? Yeah. There's a lot of complexity there, and I think, and a lot of confusion. And so that girl that saw her body in junior high, yeah. like we may think, well, why would you just out of nowhere hate your body? Yeah. But it was, but it wasn't out of nowhere. No. Yeah. Our body is, you know, every single thing we go through, we go through in our body. And one of our favorite books is the bot is the book that's entitled The Body Keeps the Score. And even when we're not consciously aware of feelings or beliefs or interactions in our body, it's happening and our body remembers. And then we come to this point where all of a sudden it's like something opens. And when what opens is beautiful, we love that. But when what opens is hard and sets us on a different kind of a path. There's a lot of tragedy there. And I feel like in a way that day wasn't even anything that anyone intended. But in that day, my life began to go down a different path. Yeah. Yeah, that feels hard. Oh, I just, I want to say I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. That the things that you experienced in childhood led you to believe that your body was the enemy. Yeah. Which I did. Yeah. How about I, and we'll, we'll come back to me. I know, but how about you, Candace? When did you first notice that you had feelings of hatred toward your body? I'm trying to transition here in my mind because I had another question for you, but we will come back to that. And maybe it's a little bit of avoidance that I don't really want to talk about my body. Yeah. And my journey of the feelings and perceptions I've had about my body have been kind of like my attachment style, which is disorganized. Yeah. I also experienced sexual abuse at a very young age. And I would say led to kind of this feeling of just never feeling like my body was my body. No sovereignty or autonomy over my body. Mm. What that I, you know, I've thought about this a lot in that I, I am going to relate this to disorganized attachment a little bit. 
And maybe just say a few words about that to remind our listeners of what do you mean when you say that? So, so, okay. So disorganized attachment is, there's a lot there on how it forms, but it's this feeling of an extreme hunger for intimacy. But then when intimacy comes, there's an extreme fear of it. Mm. It's chaotic, right? Yeah. I want it. I fear it. I want it. I sabotage it. Yeah. As my body image developed, there were things that I hated my body for, but then it was my body that I found a sense of power, safety, and control in using. Mm. So it was this dynamic of a lot of ambivalence towards my body, which ambivalence means I hate you. I love you. I hate you. Love you. Yeah. And especially as I got older, coming from a childhood that I had been overpowered, I did things I didn't want to do because I didn't have a choice. Yeah. And so, what that looked like for me, I have talked to you about this several times, and I'm just going to say it here because that movie, Pretty Woman, with uh, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. The first time I heard her say this line, and I may not get it exactly right, something in me was like, I get you. I resonate with you. And I think, honestly, I cried. I cried that someone on the movie screen used language that that felt so much true for me. Yeah. And so it is the scene where she's actually mad at Richard Gere for making her feel vulnerable to one of his friends because she was a prostitute, right? Yeah. And so she looked at him and and very passionately said, I say who, I say when, I say where, I say how. And when I saw her say that, I cried. Because I got that that was her way of protection. Yeah. Which wouldn't make sense to an onlooker, right? Right. I mean, when you have experienced powerlessness, Mm -hmm. you will find ways to have power. And that can look very different person to person, but we're all looking for the same thing, a way to have a sense of control, a a way to say those words, but we all say it a little bit differently. How old do you think you were when you, when you saw that? Saw the movie? Yeah. And heard that and identified with it. I'm going to say pretty shortly after it came out, which I think that movie has been out for, I I don't know how long. Maybe one of our listeners would like to leave a (laughs) message or comment to tell us the year. Right. Here's what I didn't know. I didn't know why I was crying. Right. I didn't understand why. I wish I could sit down and have coffee with Julia Roberts and talk to her about that scene. Yeah. Yeah. And now you know what it meant and that it meant it was your way, her way of having power. Yeah. So we, you know, you and I both have stories where our bodies were harmed and violated, which led to how we felt about our bodies in our teenage years and later on. Uh, Not all of our listeners have had that experience. We do believe many of them have, but even if they haven't had that experience, there's still 
messages and perceptions and projections that were put on them yeah that caused them to develop a relationship with how they see their body yeah do you remember words or curses that were spoken over your body when you were a child specifically um that's a good question i don't remember specific words about my body, it would have been more behaviors towards my body that embedded some messages. More of the, the curses and words that were spoken over me had, had more to do with the way I was showing up later in life, the, the anger that I had, mm-hmm. my, my passion to get my needs met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, I think for me, I grew up in a man's world. My dad was a trucker and I rode with him a lot. And I was in warehouses and on farms. And so I grew up in a in a man's world where there were a lot of things that were said against women. So I grew up with just this sense of women are really inferior. Women are stupid women are less than. I think that was really embedded in me at a very young age. Women are to be toyed with. Women are to be ridiculed. And then I felt the shame of innuendos directed at me, even as a little child, very much not wanting to be a girl and not wanting to look like a girl or be identified with all these things that were being said about girls and women. While I don't remember really direct statements that were made about my body, because I was a very thin athletic, I had a very thin athletic body from a a little child on through. I didn't hear some of the things that a lot of girls hear about size or weight or some of those kind of things. But I felt this real aversion to looking like a girl because I didn't want all of those things coming at me that that I had learned were the ways that men felt about women. Yeah, well, of course, because to identify fully with that and to feel a sense of safety and peace with that. Yeah. It was impossible in your world. Yeah. And because then also then on the flip side, I had a mom who was there, but who I did not feel any sense of identification with or connection to. And so what I desperately was in need of was a feminine voice that spoke goodness and truth and honor. And I I didn't have that side either. So it was kind of the double whammy of, you know, of that effect. I have a question. You come into your feminine voice more and more in the last few years. Yeah. What has it been like for you to show up with other women using their feminine voice to offer you that love and care now? Mm-hmm. What does that feel like in your body? Yeah, well, it feels like rest and goodness and kindness. I have said I, I searched my whole life for love and particularly from this kind of a the nurturing love of a mother 
And I came to the realization at one point that what I longed for more than anything was just to be held with gentleness with my head on a heart and hear the heartbeat. That was the deepest longing of my soul. And I have had the opportunity to experience that in the context of pure, good love of people who knew my story and were able to offer me that kind of gentleness and care and how that has helped me recognize that my body has longed for my whole life, what I did not get from my mom when I was very, very young, that once I felt it, there was a, and especially when it came through this means of very pure healing context where I truly could rest, that it, it, cha- it, it literally has changed my body. And I want to say that that purity is that there was no price that you had to pay. Yeah. There was no, I'm going to give this to you because what I really want is something from you. Yeah. Which was such a loud theme in my life that that goodness always came with a high price and tenderness always came with agony. I will say agony. And I knew that. And so when it came through the context of exactly what you're saying, here is a gift I can offer you that I I don't need anything from you. It was profound for me, really important. One, I love that you have just stayed in the context of safe community and relationships where people have gotten to know you and your stories and have been able to draw near and be with you and that you have even been able to now ask for what you need. That is just a testament to what it means to heal in the context of relationships. Yeah, so true. And hard, I will say hard to find and able to find. Like I want to say this to our listeners who probably many are resonating with a similar deep longing because I don't think I am unique in what I was longing for. There is that kind of goodness available. Sometimes it can feel hard to find it. Well, in the in the episode that we decided not to record, or no, that was the episode that came out today, which was on reenactment. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. But I'll just repeat it again. We initially paid for good care attunement. We still pay for it. <laughs> we, we still pay for it, but now we also have our our places where we're offering that to one another and we're not paying for it. But it's been worth every penny. And we've said this before, we would pay double. Yeah. Don't let our coaches hear that, but we see the value of it. We're talking in the context from our personal stories, but I just want to say to our listeners, the burden that I feel in bringing this topic to the light and having these conversations with you, processing trauma out loud, is younger girls these days 
Yes, we had it for sure. We had body comparison. We had body judgments. We had our own shit that we were working through from what we came through. But with the social media and so many other confusing messages, you know, we we have young girls now wanting to have corrective surgeries. And I'm not saying there's never a time for that. But for the most part, when it's because there's body shaming and body image, because I don't look a certain way, how freaking tragic. Yeah. Kids are not allowed to be kids. And and in one way, we weren't either. Like we grew, we, we were, we encountered things way beyond our years and were put in situations that never should have been. It's a different world today with the messaging and the availability to actually move toward life altering procedures that kids don't understand. And even for me, I think it took me a long time to identify what is it that I'm looking for? What am I longing for? We don't know. And and when we've had trauma, there's so much confusion. In some ways, it's a lifelong process as healing is a lifelong process. And we get these glimpses of goodness along the way that keep us going. But yeah, back to your statement, really hard. It's a hard day for children and it's a hard day for parents of young children. When I was listening to the radio the other day, I I had made a post on Facebook about two DJs talking about this topic of body hatred and body shame. And I'm thankful that they were talking about it, but I, I, I just know that it's a conversation that we need to keep having with ourselves and the way we now care for our bodies and what it looks like to love our bodies, but to the younger generation, to our daughters, to our granddaughters, and let this message continue to be a source to find help, to find healing, to find hope. Yeah, we've dived in today. And I I know we have at least one more episode ahead on this, maybe even more, because this is a huge topic. It's a huge topic for ever for women and, and men too. I really believe we're we're kind of focusing our conversation toward women in a way, but I do believe that men struggle with body image too. But in there are some dif- differences, obviously. But when we think about all the generations. Mm-hmm. alive today, I think millions of people would say, I hate my body. Mm-hmm. And what we want to really say is we know that we know that journey, we know what that feels like. And we have found a lot of healing. We have so many more things that we want to talk about this. But I want to just leave our listeners with hope that We've talked about some of the hard stuff today and particularly how childhood trauma plays into this and and plays a huge role in the way that we not only about how we feel about our body, but how our body drives our styles of attachment and our sense of power or powerlessness, which really affects all of our relationships. And so this is not a small topic. This is a huge topic. You and I have both found a lot of healing. We do want to, we will in future episodes also talk about some of the specific things that have really helped us along the way, which I already just shared a little bit, was the impact of having really good, strong, loving women in my life. But there's lots more that we want to say too. So Candace, anything else you want to say as we just draw to a close here today? 
No, I'm just looking forward to continuing the conversation and yeah, just to be really thoughtful about how we as women can heal in the context of, like you said, having good attuned listeners to understand our developmental journey when it comes to our bodies. Yeah. So good to be with you today. So good to be with you too. And to talk about, I love having someone where we can talk together about these hard issues. So thanks. We'll go back. back. This will be uploaded to our Google Drive. We'll both go listen to it and make sure that we're going to release this one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Love you, friend. Love you too. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. Music was created by Caleb Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.